This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Amen. You know, uh, we're in a series. We're in a series about prayer. Uh, the overall focus that we've been having for about three months now is God first living. How many believe it's important that we put God first in everything we do? And what I want to do is, is I want to give things at church on things that we need and things that we can use and, and, and elements that we need in our life that we can use on an everyday basis. And one of those things is prayer. Amen? And I've been challenging everybody to not just think about God on Sunday and then not think about Him until next Sunday, but to make God a vital part of every day. Amen? And what better way to do that than to pray? And prayer is simply communicating with God. Imagine if you, uh, in your relationship with your wife, if you went a whole week without communicating. How many say that, how well that would go? If we went a, lo- a whole week without communicating to our wife, and our wife, some of the wives are saying, Pastor, you're preaching now, that's my husband. It goes all week without, come on wives, there's our amen, all week husbands we need to communicate amen but uh, uh that communication is so important and prayer is simply just communicating with the lord and something that i found out if you can't pray an hour if you can't even pray 10 minutes if you can't pray five minutes i want to challenge you to just begin by saying the lord's prayer the lord's prayer take 20 seconds and say the lord's prayer Take another 20 seconds and another good prayer that can kind of set your day going in the right direction is Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Amen. We can say the the Lord's uh, prayer in Psalms 23, but it sets our days going in the right direction. And I think that Psalms 23 and the Lord's Prayer kind of run parallel. When you're looking at the Lord's Prayer, I would challenge you to look at Psalms 23 and see how much similarities there are in those prayers. So if you're out here saying today, man, I would like to have a prayer life. I would like to have communication with God. Start simple. Start with something. I'll tell you what, this church didn't get built because we had the money and we had the contractors and we had everything set in place to do it. We started where we were at. And we're in a church today built by volunteers, but we had to start somewhere. When you're in prayer, you got to start somewhere. Just start with this. Everybody say this with me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive people that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver me, but deliver me today from evil. For thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, thine is the glory forever. Everybody say amen. Amen. Even if you just do that, I challenge you to do that 15, 20 times a day. Keeping your mind on the things of the Lord. How many say you'll try that? But if you don't have a prayer life, I'll at least do that. But so what we've been doing is I've been taking the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus' disciples said in Luke chapter 11, they said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. So when we look at this prayer, I think it's a good outline. I think it's Jesus said when you pray, pray this way. And he gave us an outline of prayer. 
And so we've taken several weeks and we've went through the Lord's Prayer. The first part of the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Everybody say praise. That's, that's just entering with praise. And I challenged you in different ways that we can express praise. Praise is just a heart of thanksgiving. Praise is just declaring who God is. Praise is just an appreciation and, and just a giving back to the Lord. Amen. We praise Him. We boast in Him. And you can go back and listen to those CDs on that. And then we went into uh, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everybody say purpose. So we start with praise, then we enter into purpose. And what you can do just to keep it simple, just to keep prayer simple, is you enter with praise. And then the next thing you do is say, Lord, establish your purpose in my life today. How many want God to establish his purposes in your life? How many believe that God has a purpose for you? How many want to be in God's will in your life? Because that scripture says, uh, thy kingdom come. Everybody say, thy will be done. Thy will be done. How many believe the scripture that says that God had plans for us even before we were a thought in our mother's womb? How many believe that? How many believe that God had a plan and he had a way and he had something beautiful for each and everybody? He had a purpose for everybody. So each day we submit our will to the Lord. And we say, Lord, thy kingdom come. In other words, whatever you want in heaven today, let it happen on the earth. Now let me ask you this. Do you guys believe in just coincidental moments? Or do you believe that God has things set up? How many believe that God has a setup? How many believe that, 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 that things aren't just by accident, that God's behind some things? You know, there's times where you feel like God's not even in the picture. Amen? But then you realize later that he was right in the picture. Amen? But who wants to be in, this, in coordination with God? Who wants to be walking in, in, in me and my wife, when we were walking uh, last week in, in Michigan, um, it's just some silly thing that young people do that are married 20-some uh, years, uh, but, but we put our arms around each other, and one of us has gained so much uh, weight, um, it, it, it used to be a little tighter squeeze. But, but now it's a little bit wider, and we won't talk about which person that is. But uh, anyway, we have to coordinate our steps. we we, we got to coordinate our steps. How many want our steps to be coordinated with the Lord? Then, then say this would be, say, thy kingdom come. Your will be done today. I want everybody to imagine tomorrow. I want you to imagine tomorrow, waking up tomorrow and saying that. Lord, today, when you get out of bed, man, you're entering with praise. You're just being thankful to the Lord. I even challenge you to do this. I challenge you to make the very first words out of your mouth be praise be to you today, God. I challenge you to be the very first thing instead of looking at your cell phone, look and put your eyes to heaven and say, blessed be the Lord. Thank you for this wonderful day. Are you all with me? God first living. Let's, let's be God conscious. Let's be Jesus conscious. Let's be prayer conscious. We enter with praise. And then I challenge you to say, Lord, today, your kingdom come. Your will be done in me today. 
Let me be in coordination. Let me be walking with you. Don't let me miss that opportunity. Be with me in wisdom today. Be with me in decision making today. Lord, I thank you that I have the mind of Christ, that I have the will of God in my heart. I thank you that I walk with favor and blessing with people and that everything I do today is going to succeed because you have a purpose, oh God. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done in me today. I'm, it, 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 on earth as it is in on earth just as it is in heaven how many believe heaven's happy how many believe heaven's enjoyable how many believe that you just go up to heaven and just tolerate it god wants life not to be tolerated but he wants life to be lived amen your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven then it says this but what i do with that is you go through yourself then establish it with your wife lord establish your kingdom in carmen today Lord, I pray that every plan you have for her. And then I go through my kids. Lord, establish your plans with Brayton. Establish your plans with Caitlin. Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, I pray those prophetic words that were spoken over Caitlin years ago. Lord, I call them to remembrance today, and I remember them today. Come, your kingdom. Lord, come, your kingdom. And little bitty Ames, I'm a granddad now. Little bitty Ames. Lord, I thank you that your kingdom come, your will be done. you got a plan for Ames. Then I go to Luke, and I go to Logan. Logan, I'm praying in your husband, honey. Luke, I'm praying in her. her I'm praying in Luke's wife. I'm praying in Jordan's wife. I'm praying your will be done. The kids that are coming out of college. How many of you know that that's a tough time when you're coming out of college? To find that place and, and that, that, that next step in life. And you, you might be a little bit, where am I at? What am I doing? Lord, thy kingdom come. You will be done in my children just as it is in heaven. Give the Lord a hand clap today. God wants us to establish his kingdom. I do it with my family. Then I move into my friends. Then I move. How many of you guys own businesses? How many of you guys oversee people? You're a manager. You oversee people. Pray thy kingdom. Pray over relationships. Lord, your kingdom come. Pray over the church. Pray for church leadership. Lord, let your vision speak for Church on the Rock. Let Church on the Rock be everything that God's called it to be. Are you all with me? That's establishing the kingdom of God in the earth. He wants us to do that. Amen. The third thing, so we got praise. We've got purpose, and the third one is provision. Provision. How many know where there's vision, there's provision? How many know that God is provision, that he makes the way, he wants it to happen, he gives you everything? How many know that he is Jehovah Jireh? He gives us everything that we need, everybody say, to succeed. Amen? Give us this day our daily bread. Now, if you've got your phones today, um, if you open it up, if you don't have the app, uh, grab the app. Grab your cell phones. I want to show you something that's kind of new. Grab your cell phones. And uh, how many have version on your phones? If you don't have version, download it. It's really good. But go into version, And after you're in version, hit more. Hit more. Everybody do that? You're in version. You've got home and read and plans and that stuff on the bottom. Over here on the side, you've got more. Hit more. And when you hit more, you're going to see church on the rock and you're going to see church on the wor in the word. Okay, if you'll click church on the rock, if you'll click church on the rock, you've got 
the sermon notes for today. And on that, you can write notes while we're talking today. All the scriptures are there. Um, all the notes are there. So uh, have, have fun with that. We want you to see the scripture. But today we're talking about God's provision. And the first thing it says is, is when we're talking about thy kingdom come, thy will be done, then it goes in to give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 16 verse 4, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and they shall gather a certain quota. Look at that. They shall go out and they shall gather a certain, everybody say quota, quota every day, that I may test them whether they'll keep my laws or not. And then look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. Matthew chapter 6, verse 11 says, give us this day our daily bread. What Jesus was referencing right there was how manna used to come down to the Israelites when they were 40 days in the wilderness. How many, how many has heard about that? Psalm 78 calls that bread, he calls that bread angel's food. Uh, people don't know exactly what it was like, but they would take this bread and they could make cakes with it. They could make whatever they wanted, but it was God's provision every day. And what they did is, is they would take their baskets and they would get a quota. They would gather something every day. And the scripture even told them, don't keep more than you can eat in that one day. Gather what you can gather that day, except on the weekend. On the weekend, they gathered a little bit more. But gather what you can eat that day, and then the next day, come and gather some more. What that's saying to us, brothers and sisters, is we need a fresh quota of God's Word every day. You can't live on yesterday's Word. You can't live on last week's message. How many know that if you tried to live on, on just bread alone and you only ate once a week? I mean, you could do that for a while. But how many know that you need to eat that physical bread every day to be strong and to be strengthened? Well, the scripture teaches us that we need to eat our spiritual bread. And God provides this spiritual bread for us each and every day. And we're to gather that quota. Amen? But so my question to you is, is it possible to get a fresh word from God every day. How many of you are in situations where you need a, 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 a distinct word each day? There's something you're, you're dealing with in your family. There's a situation at work that's maybe a little sticky or it's maybe a little messy. Anybody with me today? To where you need some wisdom. How many, ever have, how many of you parents have things that you're going through with your children that, that you need some answers? How many of you are facing decisions, future decisions that you need some answers about, that you need some direction? How many of you are, are, are you, you know, if you put a measurement on, on how you feel and how you think you're doing spiritually, how many of you feel weak? How many of you feel fatigued? How many of you feel like you lack spiritual energy? Okay, guys, it's because we've got to have the quota of the word each day. It brings that spiritual vitality. It brings that spiritual strength. Give us this day our daily bread. And then goes into this, guys. Give us this day exactly what we need for the day. Give me that exact answer I need in my job. Give me that exact scenario that can help my relationship 
be formed better. Give me that exact scenario. Are you with me? How many know that everything we need is in God's word? You guys, I even challenge you. I, I, I hesitate to do this, but I've done it. I've done it, and, it, and people say, oh, I don't use the word like that. But I believe God wants to speak to you, amen? If you don't know where to go, just flip it open. Just flip it open and see if God doesn't speak something to you. Speak something to you. When you read God's word, that is God speaking to you, giving you that daily bread. Now, so my question is, is it possible to get a word from God every day? Hey, how many would like, how many believe that you can even hear from God? Amen. Catherine, I want you to try to remember what was coming to you long ago, because I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. How, how many believe that, 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 that God wants to speak to people? That God wants to interact? You don't believe that? You believe it's a relationship that God wants to have with you? Okay. Now, so if God speaks to us through the word, here's the next thing I want to talk to you about. And I think this is critical. I think this is critical. When God speaks the word to us, listen, when God speaks his word to us, we need to continue to speak that word with our mouth. Are you all with me? If, if, if you're fighting sickness and God speaks to you in your word and says that you are healed, then what needs to be coming in your, out of your mouth is you are healed, not that you are sick. If God is speaking to you that your marriage is going to be whole and, and, and that you're to have peace in that and you read some scripture and that you were to have peace on that, then don't, don't to, to me, God speaks to us his word. I, I'll, I'll see it in church some, someday. I, I, I'll preach and everybody receives the word and they get all happy and everything. And man, I see people untie and undo Every good thing that was accomplished and every good thing they received from God, whether it be reading the word or whether it be hearing a message, I hear them undo it in about 10 seconds with their mouths. Guys, you can't undo things with your mouth. Let me show you some scriptures. I want these things to come up. This Proverbs 18, 21. Look at this. Death and life are in the power of the what? So... If you're saying this all the time, boy, my no, that no good for rotten kid of kid of Carmen's, they ain't ever going to straighten up. What do you think about that? Boy, I'll tell you what, I've been living with that woman or I've been living with that man for X amount of years and there ain't nothing going to change them. All right. You have what you say. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been doing this business and I've been hoping and I've been believing and it never works out and, it, and I get disappointment after disappointment and bad report after bad report. I'm just going to believe all this stuff and this, I, I hate this term. Uh, what, what is that term? That, uh, everybody uses this term, it is what it is. It is what it is. God's in the changing business. God switches. God can change anything if we have faith to believe that he can. But death and life are in the power of your words, in the power of your tongue. And, and guys, and, and don't, not even, I'm not talking about, oh, give me a Cadillac. I'm talking about just saying what God's word, death and life in the, the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Look at the next one, Proverbs 6.2. It says, you are snared, Proverbs 6.2. Proverbs 6.2. This is a powerful one. 
It says, you are snared, you, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Okay, I wrote, wrote it, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Man, you're, you're setting your own trap. Because you don't keep your trap shut. Boy, that's a tweet, and I didn't think of it. You're setting a trap because you don't keep your trap shut. Tweet that one. <laughs> praise God. And then put praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, uh, look at this next one. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. You know, how many has been down to Springfield and looked at all the speeches that Abraham Lincoln wrote on the walls? Anybody ever done that down in Springfield? I love reading those things. Okay, Kevin and Jan, I'm seeing you raise your hand and say yes. I know you guys know the word pretty well. Do you notice the word at all when you read those speeches? What percent of Abraham Lincoln's speeches would you say were the word? I'd venture to say 70%. Definitely over half. Go read Abraham Lincoln's speeches down there at Springfield. If you know the Bible, you're going to be like, that's this verse, that's this verse, that's this verse, that's this verse. And I'll tell you what, guys, the word works, period. These yahoos that have stumbled across principles of the word that's having success, they just think it's their success, and they don't realize that it was God's success, and he wrote it a long time ago. Are y'all with me? Things of the word, principles work. But when Christians say, give us this day our daily bread, and we really strive to know God's word, we begin to learn the secrets of success and the secrets to do good in life. Okay, you remember I told you, watch out what you say? Look at Numbers chapter 14, verse 28. I want to give you a scripture on that. Are you, how, how many know where Moses took the children of Israel out, the ten plagues. You know, you can't take things for granted, but the ten plagues and the sea was split, the Red Sea was split. How many know that scripture, that story? They walked through on dry ground, then they were 40 years in the wilderness. All right, well, they were to go spy out the land that God wanted to give them. Listen, how many of you believe that God has a land that he wants to give you? How many believe that it's a good land? How many believe it's a good marriage? It's a good business. It's a good home life. How many believe that? How many believe that God has a good land? Okay, that parallel in the Old Testament is the exact thing. God said, go over into the land of Canaan and spy out and look at the land that I want to give you. Can I tell you how God says for you to go look at the land he wants to give you now? right here go in the bible go in the new testament and begin to read begin to study and begin to look at the land that god wants you to live in but after you look at the land that god wants you to live in then you need to believe in and speak what you just read are y'all with me i'm telling you this is critical this is critical, and the reason I'm taking so much time on this is that's why some of you aren't doing well, quite frankly. Because the words of your mouth, they snare you. 
You're setting your own traps with your speech. You know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So your mouth is really telling you what you believe in your heart. The only thing that can change what you believe in your heart is believing and trusting in the word of God and saying, give me this day our daily bread. But listen, they said, they said to them, as the Lord lives, Numbers 14, 28, God said this. They said, oh, it's a good land, and it is what you said, Lord, but the giants are too great. But this, but this, but, 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 but this, but this. Have you ever met people like that? Oh, I know God wants it, but this doctor's report. But, you know, we put more faith in what we see than in faith in the world and what we don't see. And the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to believe to please him. We must believe that he is and he's a rewarder. Faith is the substance, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of what you're hoping for. It's the substance. It's the ingredient. Try to cook without the right ingredients. Faith is the substance. It's the ingredient of what you're hoping for. And faith is the evidence of what you don't see. Brothers and sisters, we've got to get out of the physical realm of what we see with our eyes and what we feel with our emotions. Are you with me? And what we hear with our ears and get into the spiritual realm in activating our faith on something that's solid. And what's solid? The Word of God. Is it solid or is it not solid? Is it different than a Hemingway book? Is it different than a Mark Twain book? Is the Word of God different? Then we can set our, we can set our hope in it. We can set our faith in it. We can trust in it. We can trust that no matter what I hear, no matter what I see, no matter what I feel, God's greater than all of that. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap for that, because that's true. But here's what they did. They said this. The Lord says, just as, look at this. Say to them, this is the Lord, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, or in my ear. The Lord's saying, just Whatever you just told me, I'll do it to you. God said that. Huh? Whatever you just said, all right, you have it. Well, that low life, all right. Well, this relationship's never, all right. I'm always going to be sick because my family's always been sick and we've always had this disease in our family, all right. But how many want to be, how many want to say, give us this day? How many want a word from heaven? A word from heaven that can change your circumstance. Guys, I believe in, I believe it. You've got to get your mouth in line. You've got to get your words. And, and everybody, some people are a little iffy with that. I'm telling you, it's critical. You've got to do that. Now look at the next one. This next one is sustaining. Give us this day. The first thing, it's a daily bread. The second thing is it's a sustaining bread. Now I'm going to go through this one r- rather quickly. You can look at the scriptures. But in Jesus' temptation, if you look at Jesus' temptation, it says, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God. Who's the tempter, guys? Satan. Satan. Does Satan come in any of you? Or do you even believe in that? Do, do, Do you guys think that you have attacks? How many have attacks? 
How many know that some ta- attacks are natural? Like, like if, you're, if your tire goes flat, I've seen people go too far with it and say, oh, the devil's after me. Oh, the tempter's following me today, and he's aggravating my day, and, and, and this has happened from the devil. No, you ran over a nail, okay? So, some things in life, you ran over a nail. You, you hit your thumb with the hammer. You, you, sometimes days can just be crummy. And, there's, and the enemy has nothing to do with it. It's just a crummy day. Anybody out there say amen? But then some days, there is an attack on you. Some dreams that you have at night that are tormenting, some of them are just dreams because you ate the wrong food. How many know you can have bad dreams because you eat the wrong food? Okay, but sometimes you have bad dreams because the enemy's attacking you. Are you all with me? Sometimes you have relational issues. It's because of decision and choices and things you say and do. But sometimes there's havoc in relationships that you stick your finger on it. You said the enemy's doing this. That's why the scripture, guys, listen to this. I'm speaking to you today. That's why the scripture says in Hebrews 4.12, it says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides. It discerns. It separates what's soul and what's spirit. The Word of God teaches you what's an attack and what's not an attack. Are you all with me? Okay, but the tempter came to Jesus. And we all know that is, is, is Satan. He came to Jesus. And when he came to him, he said, if you're the Son of God. And notice when the tempter comes, he always says, say it with me. What does he always say? If. If. God would have been there if this word was true. If, 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 if and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Amen? If, 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 if. It's always an if, all right? If you're the son of mine. He's talking to the one that created him questioning that if you are the son of God. And then he hit him with something that Jesus really wanted. He said, command these stones to be made to bread. Why did Jesus, why would that be something that was pretty relevant? Bread. Why would that be a temptation? Talk to me. He was fasting. How many knew Jesus was fasting there? How many days had he fasted? How many believe if you didn't eat anything for 40 days, how many think a Big Mac would look pretty, pretty good? All right? If you are the Son of God. So he questions it. He puts that question in there. If, and then he hits you with something you really desire. Are you all with me? So that's how you're attacked. You're hit with that. But how did Jesus overcome temptation? Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, turn and tell your neighbor. How did he? With the word of God. Okay, now let me ask you this. If Jesus overcame and was sustained by the word of God, how much more do we need to be sustained by the word? What, to me, when we, do, when we fight the enemy with our own willpower 
in our own words. You guys remember in high school, all blow and no go? When people would fight, they talked a big talk. I never talked. I just pop. I, I, I didn't do the talking, all right? There's always these talkers. Talk, 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 all right? But Jesus, to me, to me, to me, when we just talk, it's just blowing. To me, it's like a little dagger. Get back. Now get back, devil. But when you take the word of God and you swoop it, it's powerful. Guys, say God's word to situations. But listen, Jesus' words sustained him in his toughest hour. I want you to hear that. Guys, sometimes when I preach, it's just kind of teaching and we all need it. But then there's what's called a rhema word. And rhema is when somebody's going through something in the house and they need to hear, give us this day our daily word. They need to hear a word from God today. Somebody came today. The Lord is telling me that somebody came today and you need to hear what I'm getting ready to say. Here it is. Look at me. You are in your toughest hour. Something has just came across your plate and came across your life today that has devastated you. And you, quite frankly, don't know how you're going to make it. At Jesus' toughest hour, the word of the Lord sustained him. You will be sustained. Catherine, what was you feeling when we were singing? Take her that mic. What were you feeling when we were singing that the Lord was saying to your heart? Well, he only gives me the first thing he asks. And so once I say that, then he gives me the rest. He said, I am on your side. Know who's on your side, says the Lord. For I alone am your comforter, your encourager, your teacher, your support. Do not fear, for I am in you, I am with you, and I am for you. Don't look to man. Don't look to yourself. Keep your eyes focused on my works, my ways, my love, my justice, and my mercy. For I love you with all that I am. Okay. Now you say, why did you do that, Pastor? Because the scripture teaches in 1 Corinthians. Again, I don't care if we're Methodist, Baptist, what our backgrounds is. I'm a Methodist background. I don't care what our backgrounds are. What's the word say? The word says when you come to church, some of you come with a song. Some of you come with a scripture. Some of you come with a tongue. Some of you come with interpretation. Some of you come with a word of wisdom. Some of you come with a prophecy. Okay, that is just someone coming and the Lord wanting to say something to a congregation. And you know how you judge that? The Bible says when something like that happens in church, it's 1 Corinthians 14, read it. Check me out on this stuff. When that happens in church, here's how you judge it. Does it edify? Does it comfort? And does it exhort? Did what she just say edify anybody? Did it exhort you? Did it bring comfort to you? 
then let's say, Lord, thank you for taking time to share that with us today. And I pray that a heart is strengthened by that. I pray that a heart, give us this day your daily bread. Lord, is it possible? I'm sitting here and preaching, and the reason that word was held, is it possible? Is it possible that God could come and speak a word to me today? I say it just happened. It just happened. His word sustains us. Another word is, uh, look at Isaiah 55 too. You guys read that one. All I want to say on that is family won't do it. Wealth won't do it. Success won't do it. Nothing will satisfy you. Nothing will satisfy you except the true bread of God. Are you all with me? That's what that scripture is saying. In other words, don't, what, what are you looking for stuff that doesn't satisfy? What, why are you spending all your health for wealth? Why are you putting all your time and energies into things that pass away? Why are you focusing on relationships? And why are you focusing on that business to where you're forgetting about God's business? Why is God on the backboard? And the Lord's saying all that stuff doesn't satisfy. How many know this is the only thing that satisfies? That's what that one is. You feel destroyed? Look at Hosea 4.6. It says, my people are destroyed because they don't know this. Okay? My people don't know the word of God, so they're destroyed. Look at this next one, Job 23.12. And I want to ask you if you can say this. Job 23, 12, it says, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than necessary food. I just want to challenge you with that. Can we make God's word foremost? To, to me, it's a, it's, a, it's a book that's been put aside it's a book that's been compared to where everybody says, well, what is truth today? What is real today? I'm going to tell you, heaven and earth will pass away. But there is something the scripture says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Brothers and sisters, I don't care about what millennials are saying. I don't care what future people are saying. Where is truth? What is truth? I'm telling you that people are going to come and go. Kingdoms are going to come and go. Wealth is going to come and go. Houses are going to be built and deteriorate. Oceans are going to hit different parts of the sand. Erosion is going to happen in the earth. But there's something that's never going to change. And there's something that is the same that was when God said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That will remain until revelations to where he says, Behold, the bride says, Come, Lord Jesus, come. And heaven comes down and glory fills my soul. The world will never change. Culture changes. I know culture changes. I know philosophies change. I know thought processes change. But what I tell thinkers is just make sure that your thinking lines up with God's thinking. And if it doesn't, get rid of that stinking thinking. Because God's word is how we need to think. 
God's word is how we need to conduct business. God's word is how we need to conduct relationship. God's word is how the government is going to succeed. It, it, it isn't Trump or Clinton. It's people that have put God's word first is where our country will be blessed. It's families that put God's word first that families will be blessed. I'm telling you, I'm a thinker. I, I'm a person that says, Help me out, Noreen. Don't change the mission. What is that when we say in staff? Marry your mission. Date your model. Marry your mission. Date your model. In other words, mission doesn't change. Values don't change. They're constant. God's word is a constant. You're married to that. I understand models changes. I understand culture changes. But do not, I warn you, do not put culture above the hearing of the word of God. Amen. For we will fail most miserably. And we will reap what we sow. If we sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. But if we sow to the spirit, we'll reap everlasting life. We'll reap positive things. If you're a thinker today, I'll tell you what, to me, and I'm big on this because my son is a thinker. Luke is a thinker. And I tell him all the time, son, I'll think with you and I'll do philosophy with you. But my thinking is going to line up with the word. Brothers, if you don't know the word, then how do you know if your thinking's right? Read the New Testament. Sort your thinking out. Get your convictions, not on what the world tells you. I'll tell you what, with, with Caitlin having this baby, Ames, that's my grandson over there. Amen, I'm a granddad. I liken it. Let me tell you what, Dr. Spock and Sister Blooming So, you ought to hear some of the stuff you read in these magazines. What's the word say about raising a kid? Let's let it line up. Everybody with me? All right. Next thing, last thing, we're closing with this. Jesus said that I am the true bread. So we're saying, give us this day our daily bread. What is the daily bread? Jesus said, that he is the true bread. All those scriptures in there, that Revelation scripture, is it in there, Linda, on that last one? Tell me some of those scriptures. Revelation, that says Jesus is the word. What's another one? What's before those? John 11, 14. What's the one before that one? Luke 22, 9. Look, look these scriptures up. These scriptures in your deal, they just say Jesus is the word. And then in John, it talks about bread, and then it says the true bread. Everybody say the true bread. Who is the true bread? Say it. Declare it with your mouth. Say Jesus is the true bread. Say it again. Jesus is the true bread. Has anybody ever here, here not ever taken communion? 
communion with the cup. The cup is representative of the new covenant. Jesus said in his blood he made the new covenant. The other thing we have is the bread. That signifies the true bread. When you take and you put that element in your mouth, you're taking that bread, that represents Jesus, the true bread, and you put that in your mouth, what you're doing in essence, if you read John 6, is you are eating Jesus. You are eating, but who is Jesus? Jesus is the word. So you are eating the word. Eating the word. Okay? When you eat physical food, it gives you energy and strength. When you eat Jesus or spiritual food, it gives you spiritual vitality and strength for the day. We are eating Jesus. Now listen to me. I believe in God encounters. When I was born again, I was drunk. And I had a God encounter to where I've never been the same. It turned my whole life inside out. And I, instead of going and playing football and running track on a full-paid scholarship, I went to Bible college. It changed me. Paul was on the road to Damascus and a light shined from heaven. Boom! He was changed. He was blinded. Knocked off his horse. Changed him. You go through the scripture. Everybody that met Jesus, there was an encounter. There was a supernatural encounter. I believe in supernatural encounters. I believe that God can do things instantly. Alright? How many believe that? I was in Baton Rouge one time and a guy staggered across the street drunk. True story. We took anointing oil to pray for him and we didn't have any anointing oil and I had an old pickup truck because I'd ride off the farm and they said, hey, anybody got any anointing oil? We're going to pray for this drunk man. We're going to believe that God's going to save him and set him free from drunkenness because he was a street person. And I said, well, I don't got any anointing oil, but I got some 10W40 Quaker State motor oil. <laughs> Boy, we took some of that Quaker State oil, because my old pickup burned oil in 1972 Chevy. I wish I had that one now. How many know that? A 1972 Chevy? Well, I wish I had that one now. And we anointed that guy. Guys, he was a black man, turned his face glowed, with white and then not white skin but glowed and then went back to a I saw his skin change colors and he was completely sobered instantly I, I've seen stuff like that I, I've seen knots come off heads I've seen a baby that fell in a fire in Africa I saw it prayed for and skin and brush off the old burnt skin and see brand new skin. I've seen people walk. I saw one dead baby raised from the dead and they held it in front and the revival went from 20,000 to about 120,000 people because everybody came to see. I've seen people climb on stages wanting the touch of God so bad that the stage broke down with the weight of the people. I've seen that stuff. I believe in God encounters. 
And I'm always going to preach that at Church on the Rock, that you can have a God encounter. But here's the other thing I believe on. Put up 2 Corinthians 3.18. Here's the other thing. I believe in God encounters, but I also believe this. But we all, with an unveiled face, behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. James talks about that same thing. And it says, we, when we look at the word, we look at it as when man looks at a mirror. And as we look in a mirror, we see stuff that needs fixed. We see stuff that needs changed. And James says that don't forget what you saw in the mirror and go do your own thing. Let God change you. Everybody with me? Well, look at this. The same scenario. When you look, give us this day our daily bread. When you look and you read the word of the Lord, you're looking in a mirror. And husbands, it shows you how to love your wife. Wife, it shows you how to love your husband. Parents, it shows you how to raise your children. Business owner, it shows you how to do a business. It shows us how to be successful. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Again, Jesus is the Word. And when we look at Him, when we behold Jesus and we see Him, guys, we are changed from the inside out. We eat the word, and the word inside us changes us from the inside out. Do you know that every one of you are pregnant? Men, you're even pregnant. <laughs> you know what you're pregnant with? You are pregnant. You are pregnant with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control, everything that Jesus is, is in you. You carry that. But that's where Paul says we, work in, we are working out our salvation. What we're doing, we carry that, but we got to work it out. As we read the Word, listen, as we read the Word, we're working out something that's on the inside. Communion. We eat Jesus. We eat Jesus. We, we put the word in us. We eat the word. And as we eat the word, it works out something that's inside of us. And we are changed from glory to glory. Glory means victory. Strength to strength, glory to glory. So, there you got it. Jesus is that true bread. The la this last two scriptures says that Jesus is spirit and life. If you need spirit and life, it's him. Is the praise team's coming? Jesus is spirit and life. And the last thing, put that last scripture up about eternal life as the musicians are coming. Because there may be somebody here that needs this last one. Jesus said in John 5, 39, John 5, 39. Can you guys get that one for me? John 5, 39. I want everybody to see it. It says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they, the scriptures are they which testify of me. And what that's saying is Jesus is eternal life.
with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today, every head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you do not know where you're going to spend eternity, you don't know if you're going to spend eternity in heaven, you don't know that today. And you need to receive Jesus Christ, the gift of eternal life. He is that true bread from heaven. He said, I am that true bread. You eat of me, then you have eternal life. You know, we're all going to live so many years, and then we're all going to pass away. And I venture to say that maybe two generations might remember you, but then you're not even going to be remembered. Man, I think about my granddad, and I do think of him on occasion, but of his dad, I don't even remember him. See, everything passes. There'll be a day where I don't remember my granddad as much, and I'll remember my dad passing. What are you saying? Why, why are you putting that gloom on here today? Because I'm telling you that everybody needs to think about eternity today. Have you, do you have eternal life today? Because your life here on earth, James says, is but a vapor that appears for a moment, and then it's gone. How many today say that I have Jesus, the true bread, and I have eternal life? I've got that today. I'm sure of that. But if you're not sure of that, will you lift up your hand, and I'm going to pray with you right where you're at. If you're not sure that you have eternal life today, Lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. I'm looking across the congregation. Lift up your hand. I'm not sure that if I were to die or Christ was to come, that I've got eternal life. Would you lift up your hand today? I want to pray with you. Amen. Well, we can look at that one of two ways. We can rejoice that everybody here has eternal life. But we also need to think about what friend did we need here today that doesn't have eternal life that I can bring next week. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.